You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron, and we're here for two games. The season is also just what, two or three days away from ending at this point, at least the minor league season, that is, before the Rumble Ponies go into the playoffs, John. How are you doing tonight, my friend? I am okay, Vito. Um, Jalen Hurts kind of putting up a stinker for me here in week two. Had a tough choice, Jalen Hurts or Tua. And deep down, after watching what the Dolphins did last week, I knew that I should have gone with Tua, but I invested a higher draft pick in Jalen Hurts, and I let that win out, and that's probably poor process. So I am most likely going to pay the price. Jalen Hurts has thrown an interception, no touchdowns to his credit tonight. and um, I couldn't keep track of who had the ball for the first 15 minutes of the game. It was it was just chaos. Yeah, not not a great start to the fantasy week, but... You know, luckily I'm in like six, no, I'm not in six leagues. I'm in three leagues, but it's too many. Honestly, I feel like two should be the limit because then you're just rooting for and against the entire league. But who are you playing in the Josh Rosenman league? Mo. Ooh. Yeah. That's the league I started Hurts. I'm rooting for Mo. That's the league I started Hurts in. So not not great, but I, I won last week. I do have Tyreek Hill on my team, so... There's always the chance of a Hail Mary, literally and figuratively, to put up a lot of points quickly when you have Tyree Kill on your team. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe his quarterback will lay an egg, too. Still got a whole half of football, but I will be sleeping once we are done recording this episode. Let's hop in to the Syracuse Mets game real quick. Talk about the Syracuse Mets who won 8-5 versus the Woo Sox. Woo! Mike Vassell, six innings, 10 strikeouts, only two runs. That's the most strikeouts in AAA, John. Yeah, we've seen a couple dominant outings by Vassal at AAA since his promotion. He obviously took the no-hitter into the ninth inning a a month ago or so, a little over a month ago now, probably five or six weeks ago. And on Thursday night, he strikes out 10 for the first time since his promotion to AAA. And the four-seam fastball was the weapon of choice for Vassal in this start. He recorded six of his 10 strikeouts with the pitch. He had two with the changeup. Two with the curveball. Overall, with the pitch, he generated 11 whips, eight called strikes. And what stood out to me, Vito, was he drew a lot of chases from the Woo Sox, about a 33% O swing rate, which is pitches swung out outside of the strike zone. So it's a fastball with a really interesting shape. Mike's a big guy. He has a deceptive delivery, and it was a very effective weapon for him tonight and a very, very good outing for Mike as he continues to have a great 2023 season looking to finish the 2023 campaign strong and just want to point this out Syracuse Mets season will not end this week they have about I think two weeks left in their season so there's a start or two left for Mike Vassell here at AAA you're right John I did get a little bit ahead of myself there but you know I'm uh, I'm on Italy time in my head right now but luckily I'll be able to come back from Italy and record some episodes with you talking about the Syracuse Mets and hopefully recapping a Binghamton Rumble Ponies deep playoff run. Now, uh, let's talk about a few quick notes from that game. 
Jose Peroza made his triple-A debut, homered, singled, and walked. Brandon McIlwain went three for five with two doubles while hitting second. Brandon McIlwain, a guy that if you listen to this podcast, I would love to take credit for it, but John has been telling you how good he is from the start. Yeah, McIlwain walked two times on Wednesday, followed that up with a big night at the dish, and really love to see that Jose Peroza made a splash in his AAA debut. Peroza was a guy, Vito, when we first started this podcast, he was with the Rumble Ponies, and he was good for two hits seemingly every single night. He was a machine at the plate, a great hitter, great bat-to-ball skill, unfortunately succumbed to injuries, so missed time, went on a rehab, was with the Rumble Ponies. Now with the Syracuse Mets, he'll play the final week and change there of the season. And while, you know, Peroza's a big bat, as I just mentioned, and that bat won't be a part of the Binghamton Rumble Ponies quest for some hardware here as we approach October, it's still good to see that Peroza has taken that next step. And we could say that he ended the season as a, a AAA ball player as he inches closer to the major leagues because he's got a big league bat. So really happy to see him get the, get the promotion, get the chance, and he made the most of it. And another guy, former Rumble Pony, who hit a home run in, on uh, Thursday for Syracuse was Jalen Palmer. So cheeky little tweet from the Syracuse Mets. They, uh, they both homered in the second inning, and they had a clip of both home runs with a caption saying, thank you, Rumble Ponies. So the Rumble Ponies dishing out talent, receiving talent, and that's what you love to see. Talent all over the Mets player development system, Vito. Lots of talent in the Mets player development system. Lots of talent in that Binghamton Rumble Ponies lineup that we've been talking about and getting you excited for that Ponies playoff push, that Ponies playoff pursuit. What did we come up with yesterday? It was still open-ended. You came up with it. It was still open-ended. No, it was... Uh, I had the bingo card idea, which I listened back no, this was morning, great. and I kind of cringed when I heard that. Um, Why? I don't know. It's cheesy. Eh, that's never stopped you before. I guess not. Hava Magua. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's talk about that Rumble Ponies game. Rowdy Jordan with a big walk-off double to end the game. If you follow the Rumble Ponies on Instagram, you'll see he got the Gatorade poured on him. But I don't think it was Gatorade. It looks like it was just straight water, John, because it was clear. But it could be clear Gatorade. Mm-mm. The that that color Gatorade definitely has a discernible color. If you think it's water. It's water. And I know that from the, uh, the Super okay, Bowl. You heard it here first. I know it from the Super Bowl betting props. Something I pay close attention to. You know, what What color will the Gatorade be? There's a white, which I don't know what the flavor is. Gatorade is very sugary. So unless you're really, like, if you're in Italy, say, on your seven-day bachelor party, and you have a long night out, you definitely need the electrolytes. If you're not doing that and you don't need the electrolytes desperately, I'd say stay away from the Gatorade. I've been I've been having some serious cramps though, running recently. I think I actually might need some Gatorade. I've just been cramping like crazy in my in my abdomen. Don't don't drink Gatorade, John. I'll send you the uh, the special hydration powder I take. It's not Liquid IV. Liquid IV is also full of sugar and garbage. Yeah. But I drink some special hydration packets that are like very clean and don't affect my fasting, as you know that I do intermittent fasting. Yes. All right. Yeah. I'll take anything right now because the last couple of days I came back from Austin, which was very, very hot. It was like 105 every day. I was good for two days. And the last two days, I've just I've had to cut it short. So, um, yeah, but that's my Gatorade warning to everyone out there listening. Gatorade, bad. Unless they want to sponsor the show, then, Until then we could talk. 
<laughs> at the same time, we both were like, unless they want to pay us money. Rowdy Jordan walk-off double started with a Ryland Thomas single. Jet Williams walks as Jet Williams will do because if the sun rises, Jet Williams walks. Then Drew Gilbert walked. Then Rowdy Jordan got it done with the ponies down to their final out. And that was part of a 10-game hitting streak for Ryland Thomas, John. Yeah, we, we really can't say enough about Ryland Thomas, who's just been so, so good this year. I, I, I say it every night, really, but he's doing something different every night. Plays a big role in the, in the big walk-off win for the Ponies, leading the inning off with the single. And Drew Gilbert, he had two doubles and that walk for the Ponies on Thursday. His OPS with Binghamton in 32 games is now over 1,000. And I feel, Vito, I was looking at his game logs, watching some video, I feel like we're really not doing enough of a job of of hyping Drew Gilbert up. He is he is a phenomenal young right. player, a phenomenal young talent, another guy that plays up the middle, plays center field, covers a lot of ground, a great defender, strong arm, and the hit tool is it's just elite. And uh, you know, both the guys the Mets got in the Justin Verlander deal, Clifford and Gilbert. They are two damn good ball players, and Drew Gilbert has been so, so good for this Rumble Ponies team. We talked about the grand slam that he hit in the College World Series, or the regionals, I, sh- I should say, in his last year at Tennessee. You know he's a guy that, that steps up in the big moment. If you watch that video, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. The grand slam, the bat flip against Wright State, the whole place going nuts. Lindsey Nelson Stadium, actually named after original Mets broadcaster, Lindsey Nelson. That's where Tennessee plays their home baseball games. Um, he's he's a guy that's just, he's built for the big moments. So it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do in the playoffs for the Rumble Ponies. But just want to mention how good Drew, Drew Gilbert has been and how excited Mets fans should be for this guy's ascension through the system and eventually making his way to Queens. Do you think we kind of just started not talking about him as much because we were so uh, disheartened by the fact he... Obviously had not seen the Mighty Ducks movies. That and I really went when I asked him which college football program he hates the most or loves to hate, he wouldn't commit. And I was hoping for something spicy. And I got a didn't get anything spicy. He's, too, he's a nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's just a good kid. He knew what you were doing. He saw you. He saw right through you. He saw, look at this gotcha journalist bastard who's trying to come at me right now. I was just, I was, I mean, I was going to tell him some teams I hate. That's the closest to a curse we've gotten, by the way. Faster, I said ass one time. Oh, that's two times, but that's okay. FCC, oh, yeah. I looked it up. You're good. You're totally good with that one. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's good. Totally good that's with good. that one. So, look, I, I don't like – I hate a lot of teams too. I'm not going to name them all, but I've got a list. It's not a long list, but I've got a list. So, I think everyone has a list. But, anyway, I digress. Drew Gilbert, so, so good. OPS over 1,000. Another great night for him on Thursday. You know who else has a list? I bet you Wander Suarez has a list of every guy he struck out this year. a long list. Because tonight it was nine strikeouts for Wander. Five innings, only three hits allowed, two walks, and like I said, nine strikeouts. And unfortunately, the hitless streak did end, John. It did, but what a run it was. The back-to-back Eastern League Pitcher of the Week. Two times going, making a case for three. So now he's thrown 18 innings since his promotion at Binghamton. Over three starts has still not allowed a run. He's allowed just three hits, four walks, and 19 strikeouts. So really a big night on the pitching side in the Mets player development system, of course. Just two games, but Mike Vassell shoves 
on Thursday. Suarez shoves again on Thursday. We'll tell you about some guys that did it out of the bullpen in a second. But this Mets organization, this player development system, don't let anyone tell you that it is bereft of pitching talent because that is not true whatsoever. And what's really great about the way things are shaping up right now is that, number one, it's at all levels. So when promotions happen and guys start to come up, it's being replenished. More is being pushed up from the bottom. We saw that when we when we made our trip down to Port St. Lucie. We saw all the talent that they have at the FCL Mets during their great season. A lot of great arms down with the DSL Mets, both blue and orange that we talked about a lot. But having depth is important, Vito. It's not just about having the ace. Sure, everyone wants an ace. They're few and far between in the major leagues. But good teams and good organizations have depth. A couple years ago in 2021, the Mets had some injuries in the rotation and they didn't have answers. Who was going to fill in on days four and days five one time through the rotation? And there were a lot of TBDs that were popping up and that turned into starts by, and I'm not taking a shot at anybody here, but this is what it is. A guy like Jared Eikhoff, who the Mets had to pick up off the scrap heap and they were forced to throw him into big major league games against the Atlanta Braves when the Mets were in a race with the Braves, and it didn't go well. Having depth and having guys that could be serviceable, numbers three, four, and five in the rotation is just as important as one and two because guys are going to get hurt. You see it every single year. It happens. When you can fill those spots with useful, talented arms that can give you length and can give you a chance to win, those are the organizations that have success, and the Mets are putting themselves in that spot, and it's so great to see that it's finally coming to fruition. Now, on the relief side of those arms that you hope to see one day in the Major League roster, Brendan Hardy and Paul Gervais also had a great night. Brendan Hardy struck out four hitters in two innings out of the bullpen. Paul Gervais, six batters in two scoreless innings, winding up with the win because baseball's wacky like that. Sometimes it's almost like a Russian roulette of who gets the win. And, John, I think me and you both have agreed separately on what we think how a win should be decided for a pitcher. Have we talked about this before? I thought we did. I'll say what I thought we agreed on, that an official scorekeeper should be the one to decide who gets the win, almost like somebody who would decide an MVP, like a Super Bowl MVP or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it really depends on the context of the game that you're talking about. You know, there are some nights where the winning pitcher is the winning pitcher. There, When... A starter doesn't go five is when it gets wacky. That's when the official scorer is making the decision. I, I don't know. You know what? Sometimes I think that. But that's why an official scorer should. Here's a that's take. That's why an official scorer should make a decision. Here's a it take. doesn't make sense. I got to that... I got to take. Okay. Okay. I don't think there should always be a winning pitcher. I agree with that. I think that. No, I actually, I there, actually don't there are, agree No, there that. are some nights where it's like, close your eyes, throw a dart. And one of the six guys that wound up pitching after the starting pitcher either left with an injury or got knocked out and the offense came back. But, there are nights where no one deserves no, the but win. Th- there's somebody that there is somebody that came in at the right moment that you needed that person to come out there, get those three outs, get those four, get even one out. There's Vito, somebody who came in there at a pivotal moment that decides the game. Vito, if you're the closer and it's the top of the ninth, and you're up one when you enter, yes. and you give up two, and you blow the save, and now your team is down one, and they hit, and you got the final out of the inning, so you're still technically the pitcher of record, and they score two runs, and they win the game by a walk-off, guess what? 
for your garbage performance, you become the winning pitcher. No, but I agree that that shouldn't be the case. Uh, but well, the starter the in that case might deserve the win. Who's getting the win? But that's that's why an official scorer should decide the win because somebody should be looking at the entire game, the entire story of the game, and say who is the hero of this story tonight. I guess, but there isn't always one because it doesn't make sense. I just don't get the fact that you have to if you start you have to pitch five innings, but you could you could just throw a third of an inning and get the win somehow. Yeah, which is why I'm telling you that. Why are we forcing a, a win? Why are we doing it? There's other ways to evaluate players, and there's other ways for players. Here's the problem. The statistic win, right? Like, I mean, it's definitely not nearly as valid as it used to be. Oh, Kirk Cousins just fumbled. Eagles scoop. Oh, Jalen, Jalen Hurts is in good position here, baby. They got the ball at the six. Let's go. Anyway. Dude, Amazon, Amazon is on it tonight because we're, we're linked up perfectly. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Also a fantastic picture. This is they – don't, they don't promote it as, like, true OLED 4K. I'm rocking the uh, the LG OLED here, but this is this is nice as, as that TikTok. Uh, it looks really good. Looks great. It doesn't have any of that smoky film. That oh, fantastic. But anyway, um, there there's players, pitchers probably don't want the win to go away because it's a statistic that you're still taking to the negotiating table. It's probably not the first one you're taking. It's not going to go away. I'm just saying there are some nights where. We could do without awarding a win to some random pitcher who <laughs> there's a Diamondbacks reliever. Who is it? Hold on. Give me a second. I'm going to look it up right now. Here's nine wins. Okay. Here's nine wins. Uh, After you find it's that. It's Kevin Ginkle. It's a... Kevin Ginkle of the Diamondbacks. He's literally 9-0 and this year. <laughs> He's 9-0. and I agree. We agree that it's garbage the way they do this. Now, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. What if there's no winning pitcher of the game? What if there's just a winning performance of the night? What if we just assign wins to one player the same way we do a player of the night? I mean, like in hockey, they do three stars. You mean something like that? But like an actual, like you could be a second baseman and you can get the win for the night. An official scorekeeper decides what player got the win. Then everybody gets on that contract boost. Everybody's trying to get the win. It goes on everybody's stats. It, could that even help you with war? Well, there's this there's a statistic called win probability added where, you know, if you hit a home run and your team's win probability before that swing was 10% and now it's 50%, you get 0.4 in the positive direction and it's calculated over the full season. So if you make a big out that drops your team's win probability, then, you know, it, it goes up and down pretty much. So that is a statistics that that concept is already accounted for. Yes. But we just make it we make it more efficient. like there is you you can get but you still have a person or a series way. or a group of people that are deciding you still have the element of of human choice. But I guess the I guess the problem is there like a, there's the, a pitcher's always going to have to be the loser. Probably. I mean, what if. What if like Bill Buckner, like why wasn't he the loser, right? By your by by your by your standard. That's what I mean. That's why I think we should open it up to everybody. Everybody can get these shots. Or maybe you have a position player winner loser and a as well as a pitching winning winner and loser. Hmm. I think we're I think we're revolutionizing the game right now. One podcast at a time. I got some takes. I got some takes. I'm gonna tell you a take I have that I'm gonna tell you when we hang up and we stop recording because I, I don't think I think you're going to say I can't say it, but I do want to say it to you. Um, but 
I think we've went 20 minutes again, John, on two games. Without stopping at all, really. So that is actually like a, a genuine 20 minutes. They're going to splice those ads right in the middle of a word, and that's going to add another <laughs> 90. Does that happen? Because I have, has, have they been doing that? <laughs> it happens from time to time, yes. Because I, I literally send over like where the ad should be. Like I said, I, I literally Some, send sometimes the Sometimes it's perfect time timing. Other times I'm about to say something real dumb and I'm like mid-word and then all of a sudden, do you like listening to podcasts? Like, yeah, I do. I'm doing it right now. I should stop yelling. You know what I'm going to do, right? You're going to, you've heard, if you're, you're, you're listening pull to this, in right you, now. Just, you just heard it, right? No, hey, you know it's what? Too late in the podcast. Oh no, it can't go at the end. It can't go at the end. There's a, there's actually an ad coming in, so no, I can't even do that. Yeah, bit. Can't do All right, that. guys, we've we've taken up enough of your time. John and I will be back Monday morning, and then uh, we have no clue what's happening next week when I'm in Italy. So we'll see we'll see what's happening. John for sure will be here. I might be here. Also, John is already asking Janie to go to Somerset Patriots Binghamton Rumble Ponies games with him, and he thinks I didn't. He thinks I wouldn't find out about that. So you know, I don't care. I mean, you're not going to be know. here, so. You know, I'm just I'm just sad. I'm missing out. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go either. We'll see. I want to go, though. I'm probably the only person who's ever been sad. They can't go to Binghamton because they're going to be in Italy. That's probably like not happening. I'm not going much. to Binghamton. I'm going to Somerset. Well, you, I'm probably the only person who's ever been sad. They couldn't go to Somerset because they were in Italy. Central, Jersey's, Central Jersey is the Italy of of the East Coast. So it's it's apples to apples. See you okay. later. Play the music. Goodbye. Let's go. Jalen Hurts. See you in the future. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.